is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to thank those great patriots who turned out in rain. It was chilly. It was windy at bookends in Ridgewood and Barnes & Noble in McLean, Virginia. I want to thank you all. It was a pleasure to meet all of you. Well, except for one guy, but I'm not going to get into that. But it was a pleasure to meet all of the rest of you. And just fantastic patriots, as nice as can be. Again, I want to thank you very, very much. And uh, obviously, most of you can't be in these two places. And I want to thank you folks, too, for, uh, for your patriotism and your effort to spread the word, to read things you may not have known about before. To, you know, the great thing about conservatives generally, and particularly here, is that you folks in this audience, you want to be informed. You want to learn as much as you can. You want to participate. You want some role in saving this country. Even if it's not some formal role with some group and so forth, you want to be able to have discussions over the holidays with your family members and your neighbors, and you're walking your dog and your friends and so forth. And so this is the book, The Democrat Party Hates America, that will help you advance our cause and liberty because the goal has to be to crush this, this very evil entity that really isn't even a political party. It is a, a state-run party that owns the bureaucracy, that owns the media, and is destroying the country. So I can't thank you enough, those of you who want to get more informed as, or as informed as much as possible. And I've been, I want to thank all the affiliates and others that have uh, participated in this great effort, this movement. Just so many fantastic hosts, local hosts, national hosts, just terrific. Uh, I cannot thank you folks enough, really. And uh, I do now six to eight interviews a day 
I still do my two Fox shows. I still do my two Blaze TV shows. And, of course, my most important show, this one. So, uh, extraordinarily busy. Very excited about what's going on. I must tell you, though, there is this, what is her name? Cassidy Hutchison. The left is pushing the hell out of her book. The media are pushing the hell out of her book. And it's full of gossip crap. It's just loaded with it. And you see these books come from time to time, Bob Woodward or Sky Wolf and the rest. And they're, they're flashes in the pan, but they hit hard. And so they're being pushed very hard at MSNBC and CNN. And the things that she says are so sophomoric and stupid. On the other hand, some of them are very, very serious. And you have to ask yourself, well, why were you waiting for your book? Because she's a grifter, that's why. This book is about her and what she wants you to believe is her life in the Trump White House. It is scurrilous. It is dim-witted. Maybe she wrote it, maybe she didn't. Obviously, she had to participate in it. But it's being pushed by Rachel Maddow and MSNBC. It's being pushed by CNN. It's being pushed by the New York Times and the Washington. But that's the nature of the beast. So that's what I'm up against. This book's been out for eight days. And you haven't heard peep from the left. Not a word. Now, why is that? Well, what are they going to say? Is there some fact that they want to dispute? There's literally thousands of facts in this book. Is there some end note they want to challenge? Is there some historical point? Some audio that I transcribed? Some notes that were written way back when, 120 years ago, that they want to challenge? Apparently not. So if there is to be an attack, it'll just be a personal attack. Or a diversionary attack. But so far, they've laid off. Because they do not want to engage. I am here. I am ready to engage. And that's why it's a powerful, powerful book in so many respects. And that's why I hope you'll take advantage of it before I stop talking about it, before it's not on the shelves anymore. Books don't last forever. Not uh, Not in this environment. There is a big story. There are many big stories. I want to jump right in. And I also uh, want to thank my buddy Ben Ferguson for sitting in last night. It was Yom Kippur, the holiest Jewish holiday. And uh, we also had Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. These are called the High Holidays. (coughs) Excuse me. And they're both over. Uh, I don't like leaving the airwaves, but there are occasions when I when I need to, when I must, and when I want to. Um, But I'm not, you know, taking off to take a trip to uh, Guatemala or Honduras or even better, one of the Caribbean islands. But here we are, and this is the big story. I mean, there's several, but Hunter, listen to this. This just came out an hour ago. This is from Fox News Digital. Hunter Biden received $250,000 wire. Ready? originating in Beijing with the beneficiary address listed as Joe Biden's home. Hello. Whoa, wait a minute. But Mark, you don't have any evidence that there was one dollar that Joe Biden took. 
The money came from Hunter's China-backed business partners, writes Brooke Singman. It's an exclusive. Hunter Biden received wires originating in Beijing for more than a quarter of a million dollars from Chinese business partners during the summer of 2019. Wires that listed the Delaware home of Joe Biden as the beneficiary address for the funds Fox News Digital has learned. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer has been investigating the Biden family dealings and Joe Biden's alleged involvement in those ventures. Just reading what they wrote. As part of the investigation, Comer subpoenaed financial records related to a specific bank account and received records of two wires originating from Beijing, China, and linked to BHR Partners. That's the joint venture between Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca and Chinese investment firm Bohai Capital. BHR Partners is a Beijing-backed private equity firm controlled by Bank of China Limited, a.k.a. the Communist Party of China. Hunter Biden sat on the board of directors of BHR Partners. The first wire sent to Hunter Biden, dated July 26, 2019, was for $10,000 from an individual named Ms. Wang Yi. There is a Ms. Wang Yi listed on the website for BHR Partners. It is unclear if the wire came from that Wang Yi. The second wire transfer sent to Hunter Biden, dated August 2, 2019, was for $250,000 from Li Zhengxing, also known as Jonathan Lee, <clears throat> the CEO of BHR Partners, and Ms. Tan Ling. The committee is trying to identify Ling's role. The beneficiary for the wires is listed as the Robert Hunter Biden with the address 1209 Barley Mill Road in Wilmington, Delaware, that address is the main residence of Joe Biden. But Joe doesn't know what's going on. See, You can't prove that he does. Comer, the House Oversight Committee, have obtained bank records as part of their investigation, revealing the Biden family and their business associates received millions of dollars from oligarchs in Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Kazakhstan, during the Obama administration. Fox News Digital has also learned that the committee has records revealing that from 2014 to 2019, the Biden family and their associates received $24 million, $24 million in foreign payments, $15 million to the Bidens, $9 million for their business associates, $4 million more than previously known. Do you know, by the way, before I go on in this really crucial story, it's big time. I'm sure CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC, and all the rest of the crap networks, I'm sure that they're going to lead with this. It'll be a marquee headline in the news. I'm sure it'll be right across the top of the New York Times and the Washington Post. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. As it gets closer and closer and closer to Joe. That's right, him. Committee aides told Fox News Digital that the beneficiary addresses are either the address listed to the recipient account or listed by the individual sending the wire. It is unclear based on the wire records who listed the address. Does it matter? And by the way, didn't Joe get regular statements or anything? Now, I explained on Friday, and I thought was an absolutely superb, fabulous, and brilliant statement. I'm no special pleader for... Menendez, Bob, 
Could be a crook thrown through for all I know. But I'm very skeptical of prosecutors these days. And it happens that Menendez, as the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate, is actually anti-Iran and anti a number of these dictatorships that Joe Biden has played wet kiss with, may I say, or hair smell with, or whatever. Oh, Mark, you're a conspiracy. I'm not a conspiracy at all. Now they issued search warrants. They went into his savings deposits in his banks. They went to his home, his wife's clothes. They found money in the clothes. They found that. Wow. Very aggressive, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Tell me, how many search warrants have been issued against any of the Biden family members? Exactly zero. How many subpoenas have been issued by the Department of Justice? As far as we know, exactly zero. How many investigators are looking into Joe Biden right now related to any of this? Exactly zero. You might even remember in the Hunter Biden situation, an assistant United States attorney committed an act of obstruction when the IRS was going after some locker, wherever the hell it was, with documents in it. They wanted to get access to it, involving Hunter, perhaps other of the fantastic family members. And she tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyers. So I want you to compare how Joe Biden is treated with how Menendez is treated. Completely differently. Even though Menendez is a Democrat, but he's an out-of-favor Democrat. And of course, they're demanding his resignation. The Democrats are lining up because he's running for re-election. And they don't want him to run for re-election. They're afraid he'll lose. Remember what I said, both in the book and repeatedly here. You have to understand the Democrat Party by looking through the lens, the lens of power. It is a party that is monopolizing our culture, our politics, and our economy, as autocratic parties do. So Menendez is dispensable, especially if you're counting on deep blue New Jersey to hold on to that seat. And by the way, as a footnote, I make a prediction, look, my predictions are worth whatever they're worth. But if Chris Christie finally takes a little smelling sauce and realizes, or in his case a lot, that he can't become president, maybe he'll decide. Maybe he'll decide he's going to run for the Senate in New Jersey. One never knows. I don't know what the rules are there, but the GOP or the limits under the election laws there, who knows? But I would point that out. Now, Hunter Biden spent a period of time in 2017, 18, and 19 living at the Biden family home in Wilmington. It's unclear if he was living at the home at the time of the wire transfers in July and August 2019. The wires were sent just several months after the vice president announced his 2020 presidential campaign. Joe Biden in August 2019 said he never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else. Anything having to do with their business period. So the only person in the entire family who didn't know anything about anything was Joe Biden. And he was the entire reason, the entire reason Hunter Biden and the other family members were able to conduct shakedowns. We have the home as the beneficiary. 
the old man's on the phone, on the speaker. Hey, hey, how are you? Who's that son? I can't tell you, daddy. We haven't been meetings. We haven't been outings with the business partners. We have the business partners and his staff involved. The only one who doesn't know anything, Joe Biden. Isn't that convenient? No subpoenas, no warrants, no nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals all right i'll do it again but by the way i've been talking for years about the conflict that exists and will only get worse between the radical environmentalists and the rank and file union members for years and it's coming to pass that's not all. That's not all. It really is repulsive to watch Democrats and Republicans falling over each other to defend a indefensible demand by the UAW Democrat bosses for a 40% salary increase, a 32-hour week, and massive new benefits. And I would say to even my Republican friends, you're talking about... an electric vehicles and that this has put them in this place fine but what does a 40 percent salary increase in a 32-hour week have to do with that that has nothing to do with job security that's a complete ripoff of the american consumer i'll be more back on more on this Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals. 
Blasting conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, it's an amazing thing, America. If you call out the UAW Democrat bosses for shaking down the American consumer, the American consumer, including union members, suddenly you must be anti-worker. Really? Well, when you consider that 94% of the people who are quote-unquote workers, to use that communist term, but that's fine, are not union members, I'm not shaking down anybody. They are. There's just a lot of people who cannot afford these vehicles right now. Now, if you're going to argue that the electric vehicle uh, pursuit is absurd, I'd take a backseat to nobody on that for many, many reasons. Many reasons. In fact, I'm going to get into that a little later. But... That does not justify a five-day week turning into a four-day week with a 40% increase as if you're working a five-day week. I'm sorry. I don't know anybody who gets that. Nobody. And you folks, you're going to pay for this. How is that populist? How is that populist to stand with these UAW Democrat Party boss thugs as opposed to tens of millions of Americans? How is that populist? And the Republicans are falling all over themselves to defend this and to run to the strike area. I believe President Trump's going to do that. I think Josh Hawley and J.D. Vance did it. Is this the... Well, what is this? Ronald Reagan didn't massively win union members by pandering to them. He massively won union members by talking about we the people and common sense Ronald Reagan broke the air traffic control union because they were going to shut down the entire air traffic system and he put he put his secretary of transportation Drew Lewis a fantastic mind from Pennsylvania in charge several weeks before, just in case. And they would move the military air traffic controllers, or at least a significant number of them, into the commercial towers. And he warned them. He said, under our contract, you can be fired on the spot. I'm going to give you 24 hours to return, and after that, you're going to be fired, and you will have no new position within the federal government. Not now, not ever. So a significant number of the union members went back to work, but a significant number did not. And he fired them. And the airports worked as smoothly as possible. Very smoothly. In fact, more than they are today. You cannot bow to this kind of blackmail. Whether it's a public union or a private union. Of course people deserve a quote-unquote living wage. But the average income of the average full-time UAW member 
The baseline is 82000 and with benefits, it's 150 Obviously average. Not all, but average. These aren't slave wages. This isn't a boiler room operation, a sweatshop. This isn't 100 years ago. It's 2023. Joe Biden doesn't give a damn what happens to you any more than he does when the border's wide open or the police are undermined or inflation is going through the roof and interest rates. He goes to that strike line today, a historic first president. Yeah, he's also the first president to wear depends as far as I know. What's all this first stuff? And he has some role in what's taking place. The massive inflation and interest rate increases. And of course, the supply line problems. And then beyond that, the idiocy with these electric vehicles. But that doesn't mean that we as a people throw in with individuals who are demanding a 32-hour work week for five days of pay at a 40% increase. Where I come from, that's called insanity. I don't care who you are. They talk about what the executives make at GM and these other places. Why don't you talk about what workers earn at other facilities all over the country? What workers earn, the 94% of whom are not members of the UAW. Why don't we talk about what cops earn and firefighters earn and emergency personnel earn and truckers earn and on and on and on. How many of them are saying 32-hour work week with a 40% increase based on a 40-hour work week? How many of them can get away with that? I ask you, how many of you can get away with that? And so we're supposed to rally behind this? We do not have a political party that stands with us on this. Not one. Because one tries to outpopulate the other. And the American people get screwed. We get screwed. And other union members get screwed. The union members. The steel workers. The men and women who produce aluminum and plastics and rubber. The mechanics. Down the street, across the, across the highway. The salesmen and saleswomen at car dealerships. The people who clean the car dealerships. Remember, I've done that over and over again, that note audio and I pencil. Well, imagine it being a car. But it's the end user who gets no respect. The consumer who goes into these dealerships or goes online to purchase a car. Do you notice there's nobody talking about you but me? Nobody talking about you but me? And what about it? What about the waitresses and waiters across this country? What about the small business people who are up to their eyeballs and regulations and taxes? What about them? Are they not part of the people? They're not part of the populist movement of either party? When you abandon principles, 
proven principles, principles based on human experience, and embrace ambiguity. Or bumper sticker labels. This is what you get. I'm the member of a union. The SAG union. Like the writers who are on strike. And this one and the other that's on strike. But my little corner of the union isn't on strike. Why am I a member of this union? You think I want to be a member of this crap union? This left wing kook? Hollywood-based union. You think I want to be a member of this crap union? Because the companies I work for made a deal that in order for me to be behind a microphone, or any of us, we have to pay these dues. These confiscatory, outrageous dues, for which I get what? Crap! I am perfectly happy to make or break my career on my own. I don't need any help from SAG, perfectly named, don't you think? In fact, it's even headed by a woman right now. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Yes. Look at her. She's the president of SAG. You're not kidding. Well, anyway, that's my take on it. Like it or not, it's where I am. I don't think everybody out there, and by the way, this isn't, this isn't, let's all get behind unionism stuff. That has nothing to do with this. Zero. Zero. This is a Democrat union boss. They're just like party bosses. And I love it when Biden says, let me interpret. It's thanks to the unions. The UAW. It's thanks to them that we have a vibrant car industry. No, it's not. We, the people, decided we weren't going to buy American cars until they made them with the same quality as some of these foreign manufacturers. I lived through this. Who is he kidding? Union members were being laid off left and right. They, were, they couldn't give their cars away. GM, Chrysler, Ford. Others back then, Pontiac, you name it. Some of them went out of business. Some of them got government subsidies and loans through the back door. It was a mess. Until they increased and improved the quality of their vehicles, Americans weren't going to buy them and didn't buy them. They were buying Japanese and German cars. It had nothing to do with labor. It had nothing really to do with management. It had everything to do with you, the market. The market said, you give us crap? We're not buying it. That's what happened. And while we're at it, we need to come to grips with something here in America, with this so-called climate change and Green New Deal and all the rest of these crap titles they give to their, to their failed policies. We are dealing with now an industrial policy. Been thinking about this. It's an industrial policy. It is a government industrial policy, the sorts of which they have in these autocratic countries and in Europe, which are quasi-autocratic countries. This administration has completely abandoned capitalism. This is industrial policy. And many Republicans support industrial policies. 
Oh, the free market. What are we going to do? Really? It's created virtually everything on your table, virtually everything in your garage, virtually everything in your home, everything you wear. Why would we destroy the greatest economic system built on the greatest economic model that man has ever conceived? It's like we know how to win a massive popular vote with a massive electoral college vote. So why would we abandon constitutional conservative and limited government? Oh, there are places where the government needs to act, like on the damn border. But really, it's involved in light bulbs and HVAC systems and air conditioning window uh, units and washing machines. and Where'd that come from? Where did it come from? It came from the bureaucracy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals Looks like, ladies and gentlemen, in the first week of the Democrat Party Hates America, all units, hardcover, Kindle, audio, 160,000 copies, Mr. Produce. Hard copies alone, 130,000 copies. That's those of you who've decided this is important enough to jump in. And uh, I really feel that once you read it, this is actually going to spread very heavily by word of mouth, even more so. And uh, that's exceptional. Again, I want to thank you who've jumped in, those of you who've been supportive. But honestly, we need a lot more than that. If we're going to spread the word, there's a lot of people out there in all parts of the country. Credit card balances have risen for five consecutive quarters, increasing at some of the largest rates in 20 years. There is a remarkable, shocking story involving Iran. I I don't have time to do it this hour, but I want to get to it next hour. One of the reasons this country is in such dire straits is that we have individuals in the highest positions of government, the Bidens, just the latest example, but others. We're selling out this country. Some are doing it for money. Some are doing it out of ideology. It's just shocking to me. It's appalling. And yet it's going on. Meanwhile, 
We now have an elected Democrat judge in New York in this civil case brought by Letitia, who, uh, who ran for office, of course, saying that she was going to charge Donald Trump. With a judge in a summary judgment ruling held that Donald Trump basically lied to everybody and anybody in order to get loans for his building business. And then says that uh, some of these businesses are not going to be licensed to do any more business in New York. Some of them are going to be turned over to, I don't know, handlers or managers. This would just continue to piss you off. Because this is, this is more than by the book totalitarianism. This is a brand new book. Destroy what he's built. Destroy with Letitia James as the Attorney General and a Democrat judge, not even a trial. Destroy his entire reputation in a civil case. Then we move to a criminal case down the street with a Manhattan DA. I have a friend of mine. He's a big Reagan guy. I'm a big Reagan guy. And he wrote me an email today, and I'm not going to get into his name. I'm not going to embarrass him. He's a dear friend. He's a smart guy. And yet the way he described Trump was absolutely appalling to me. Absolutely appalling to me. I mean, it's just amazing what, this, what, what Trump is having to put up with. Criminal charges, a state DA bringing federal charges in violation of the Constitution, as Ed Meese has said. Uh, his piece was so good, Ed Meese's affidavit, that somebody at the Federalists embraced it heavily and wrote an article. Should have attached his affidavit, though, which spelled it out. It just really is. It, it, it is nightmarish. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 3811. I want you to listen to this story. I don't think you're going to hear it everywhere, but Fox, to its credit, did run it earlier today, about an hour ago, actually. This is JNS News Semaphore, which is a reputable site, as I understand it. Iran Experts Initiative. The Iran Experts Initiative included top aides to suspended U.S. diplomat. Okay, what does this mean? Newly released documents show that at least three people who were or became top aides 
to suspended U.S. diplomat Robert Malley were part of Tehran's 2014 Iran Experts Initiative, IEI, intended to burnish the country's and its nuclear program's global image, per a semaphore report. In June, Malley was placed on leave, and his security clearance has been revoked. The FBI is reportedly investigating the diplomat for mishandling classified documents. I'm just reading from the report. Semi-foreign Iran International, which reported separate stories, obtained, quote, a large cache of Iranian government correspondence and emails, according to Semaphore. Quote, the documents offer deep and unprecedented new insights into the thinking and inner workings of Iran's foreign ministry at a crucial time in the nuclear diplomacy, even as Tehran's portrayal of events is questioned, if not flatly denied by others involved in the IEI. They show how Iran was capable of the kind of influence operations that the United States and its allies in the region often conduct. More specifically, a German professor in the IEI, this cabal, offered to ghostwrite opinion pieces for Tehran officials and others in the network, sought Iranian foreign ministry staff advice about the U.S. and Israeli conferences and hearings per semi four. Quote, the IEI participants were prolific writers of op-eds and analyses and provided insights on television and Twitter, regularly touting the need for a compromise with Tehran on the nuclear issue, a position in line with both the Obama and Rouhani administrations at the time, it reported. The IEI, again this cabal, had particular access during the final years of former President Barack Obama's administration, Hassan Rouhani, was then the Iranian president. Quote, the Iran Experts Initiative, that's the IEI, was born from a Rouhani administration eager to end Tehran's pariah status following eight years of Mohammad Yabadabadu's presidency in which he courted Holocaust denial and promoted the eradication of Israel, Semaphore reported. Quote, this initiative, which we call Iran Experts Initiative, IEI, is consisted of a core group of six to ten distinguished second-generation Iranians who have established affiliations with the leading international think tanks and academic institutions, of course, mainly in Europe and the United States. An Iranian diplomat, who later became spokesman for the country's foreign ministry, wrote to the head of the ministry's think tank in 2014, according to Semaphore. So they had their mouthpieces who were strategically located and influenced American policy. But that's not all. Ariana Tapatapadyabadaba, whom the Iranian diplomat identified as part of the IEI network, ready for this? Holds the Pentagon post, post, the Pentagon post, of Chief of Staff to the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations. Let me repeat that. Chief of Staff to the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations, a position that requires a U.S. government security clearance per semaphore. She previously served as a diplomat under this guy, Mally. Mally is a bad dude. He's the one that had his uh, classification pulled. She previously served as a diplomat on Mally's Iran nuclear negotiating team after the Biden administration took office in 2021. She asked the Iranian foreign ministry if she could visit Saudi Arabia. 
following an invitation from a Saudi prince and former ambassador in Washington and whether she should attend a workshop at Ben-Gurion University on Iran's nuclear program. Quote, I'm not interested in going, but then I thought maybe it would be better that I go and talk rather than an Israeli like Emily Landau, who goes and disseminates disinformation, she wrote to the Iranian official of the university event. I would like to ask your opinion, too, and see if you think I should accept the invitation and go. Zirani replied the same day, quote, All things considered, it seems Saudi Arabia is a good cause, but the second case is better to be avoided. Thanks. The Iranian official wrote back that day, referring to the Israel trip. There's no evidence she went to the conference in Israel, though her books and research records suggest she's interviewed a number of senior Israeli officials. So, let's see here as I scroll down. The one current U.S. government official I did see mentioned in that story has written critically of Iran on a number of occasions before joining the government and underwent a thorough background investigation to obtain a security clearance before joining the Department of State. That's Matt Miller, U.S. Department of State spokesman. And so, now we know why, at least according to Fox, Semaphore, Iran International, JNS, apparently we know now why Robert Malley had his papers pulled. Because he was using at least one of these people, if not more, these Iran experts initiative. Can you imagine them sitting at the negotiation table or influencing it on our side of the table? I can't. I mean, I can imagine it had happened, but I, I, I just can't believe what's going on in this administration. So Mali was placed on leave. His security clearance revoked. FBI is investigating him for mishandling classified documents. These news outlets got large cachet of Iranian government correspondence and emails. And they quote, they offer deep and unprecedented insights into the thinking and inner workings of the Iran's foreign ministry. The bottom line is they knew there were people in the United States who would do their bidding. And they did do their bidding. And we did get this Iran deal. And of course, they're not the only ones. When you read in Unfreedom of the Press, how the Deputy National Security Advisor, an American, lied to the American people, spun a press that was willing to be spun about Rouhani and lied about the nuclear deal, just lied and knew that they could count on certain reporters to regurgitate it. You can see how we, the people, how we are lied to, how we are deceived. And again, it's the Democrats who are used to this kind of thing. This is what they do. I'm sure there'll be more on this eventually. Certainly hope so. I was on Maria Bartiromo's show Sunday morning. She's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I had a few things to say about the potential government shutdown. And one of the things I made abundantly clear was I've had about enough of the five boneheads who claim to be Mr. and Mrs. Well, in this case, just Mr. Conservative. They claim to be 
the real people who are going to save this country. And most of them are political grifters who want to move up to a bigger office. But they're not conservatives. And they haven't accomplished a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Take this guy Biggs who who succeeded in blocking Convention of States in Arizona until he moved up to Congress and then they were able to pass it. You got Rosendale, who is a perennial candidate who now wants to run for the Senate again in Montana. He lost badly the first time. So he's hooked into this. Then you got, what's that idiot's name from North Carolina? I can't remember, Mr. Producer. You know the one that tweeted? You sent me the tweet? Bishop, I think his name is. Dan Bishop. What has this jackass ever done? Other than spew carbon dioxide. Nothing. Then they got this guy north. Oh, I'm thinking about running statewide. And then there's Matt Gates. I know many of you love Matt Gates. He's a really good talker. I mean, I would argue he's a better talker than Obama, wouldn't you say? He can talk the stripes off a zebra. And boy, when they get Democrat witnesses out there in front of the table in these committees, he lets them have it. And we're excited the way he makes the hot seat even hotter. He's unbelievable. And he's done absolutely nothing. Well, we've had enough of what's going on in this government, Mark. Remember Pickett's charge? Pickett's charge. Pickett didn't even want to be involved in Pickett's charge. He was ordered by General Lee. And they were psyched, man. They were ready to stick it to the Union, man. They were going to run through an open field and then uphill. Nothing was going to stop them. Tens of thousands of them yelling at the top of their lungs. They meant business, boy. They didn't care what was on the other side of those, those fences and walls. Didn't matter. They were in the right and nothing was going to stop them, boy. But something did stop them. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was a blunder. It was something General Longworth would never have done. Long Street, sorry. But Lee ordered them to do it. And they got mowed down. Badly. They achieved absolutely nothing. But their own death and ultimately their own defeat. There are great political and military leaders. Patton was a great leader who was undermined virtually every step of the way. Quite frankly by Eisenhower and Omar Bradley and others. A man that could have saved many lives. But he was... He was politically incorrect. And there have been others. I don't have a problem with the government shutdown. I did more research on this. I used to say Reagan shut it down six times. He shut it down eight times. We're still here. Government has been shut down since the 1970s 21 times. But if you're going to shut down the government and thereby get Schumer's bill passed in the House with all the Democrats and three reprobate Republicans or so, that's Pickett's charge. 
That's stupid. Many of you may get excited by it. Get all worked up. But get excited and worked up about the right strategy. Because we're on the same side of this thing. Keep your personal, I'd say to Matt Gates, your personal hate towards McCarthy or somebody else. Keep it under control, will you, pal? We have a country to save. Chip Roy, Byron Donalds, Scott Perry, the overwhelming majority of the Freedom Caucus. Are they rhinos too? Jim Jordan, Jim Banks, are they rhinos too? Everybody's a rhino, but these five people, four of whom you don't even know anything about, one of whom you don't know much about, but keeps his mouth flapping in the wind. Really? They don't have any plan. At least Lee with Pickett, they had a plan. It was just a bad plan. And when you have a proposal to cut 8% of domestic spending, except for defense and veterans benefits, and this is key to secure the border in a significant way, you don't blow that off. When they sign it, they control the presidency, they control the bureaucracy. You don't just blow that off. It's not enough. Shut it down. Shut the damn thing down. We're going to have millions of more people cross that border and tens of billions of dollars more in debt because this 8% cut and the Secure the Border proposal that came from members of the Freedom Caucus, not the Rhino Caucus, not the Progressive Republican Caucus, if there is one, not from them, but from members of the Freedom Caucus. And dismiss that? Well, we didn't have 12 bills, and we need regular order. Well, you've got to get votes on 12 bills in regular order, <clears throat> and that wasn't happening either. I'm sorry, I can't abide. And we won't even vote on one of those bills that supports the United States military. Did you see the housing conditions our volunteers are in? They're disgraceful cockroaches and rats. Did you read that, Mr. Producer? They're living in filth. Our volunteers, American kids, they're living in filth. And you won't fund the military? These guys voted against a separate bill funding the military to send their message that they're pissed. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not joining in with that. That's, I support the military. Obviously not the woke idiots who run it. I'm talking about the men and women who volunteered where most of us did not. They deserve our support. So do the veterans. And that border needs to be secured. That's the number one issue in this country. There's several big, big, big issues. But that's destroying the country as fast as, as one can imagine. Millions and millions and millions of illegal aliens. No, no, we can't do that. Why? Well, because we didn't get all the bills up for... Are you out of your minds? Yes, they are. And so now we're likely to get something we don't want at all. That's the problem when you're banging your head against the wall rather than using your brains. I'll be right back. Lovin.
Now, you know what company is looking out for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk that also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. You know, President Trump put out a statement. We only have a minute this segment that I need to read you after the bottom of the hour because I don't think America has ever experienced the kind of Stalinism that Trump is contending with. I, I, I really don't. Isn't it amazing to you that he never wins a case? Is it because he's just wrong all the time? Is it because he's been ripping off people by hundreds of millions and billions? He's been roaming the country, raping and molesting women? Is it because he sold national security documents to the enemy and exposed our national security? Is it because he led an insurrection, is guilty of sedition, on January 6th? That, in fact, he organized a, a gang-style criminal enterprise in Georgia during the election? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, they're destroying his business tonight. They're destroying everything he built in New York. They're destroying his life. They're trying to put him in prison for the rest of his life. I don't even think Stalin would go through all this nonsense to take out one of his opponents. I'll be right back. Now, you know what company is looking out for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk that also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Well, credit card balances have risen for five consecutive quarters, Mr. Producer. Is that true? And so it's very important you do something about it. And among other things, 
you need to find savings elsewhere. So I want to talk to you about AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. These are extremely difficult times. Everybody can't get a 40% increase and cut their work week from five days to four days. And by the way, I wonder if J.D. Vance and Josh Hawley, when the strike is over at some point, I wonder if they're going to be going to dealerships. Or we, the American people, go to purchase our new vehicles. I wonder if they're going to go to those dealerships and meet us and talk to us about how their populism has helped us. I mean, there are workers in America who do buy vehicles and are not involved in manufacturing them. Many people who earn a hell of a lot less than the average of $150,000 a year with benefits. See, I'll just be honest. This is why I think Washington is truly out of touch. So being a populist means supporting people who on average earn $150,000 a year with benefits against those who don't. Is that what populism means on the left and the right? The only reason, and I don't care who's doing it, which party, who the individual is, the only reason they're going to the strike line is because of politics and power. They're not helping the average American. They're not helping the average American. With these outlandish demands? And trust me, I understand electric vehicles and what that's doing. But a 40% increase for a four-day work week. Because people don't want to work five days and 40 hours a week. But they want to get paid 40% more. And then pass all those costs onto all of you. And if they don't sell it, the company goes under. Big deal, right? Government will subsidize them. Government will give them a big loan. Because that's how it works now. That's how it works. We have this industrial policy, which is outrageous. But you don't fix it by bending to it. This is what Washington means by populism. But I have to believe populism actually means something more than what Washington believes populism is. Or the UAW Democrat bosses. Are they populists? Well, then why are Republicans backing them? Oh, no, no, we're not backing the bosses. We're backing the members. What the hell are you talking about? Too clever by half. I'm just asking if these Republicans, I know the Democrats want if these Republicans will show up at the dealerships now and tell all the mechanic and service people there and the salespeople there and the people who wash the cars. The people who sell the parts, very few of whom are earning $150,000 a year salary and benefits. I wonder if these senators are going to go to any of the car dealerships in their states that are going to suffer enormously from this, as well as you, the consumer. Look, businesses do not exist for employees. Businesses exist for the end user. If you have a restaurant and nobody comes, you go out of business. You're not guaranteed some increase. And again, I want to emphasize, these demands have nothing to do 
with the possible loss of union jobs at the UAW? Nothing. Zero. So when Republicans argue, well, this is the fault of the Green New Deal. These union demands have nothing to do with the Green New Deal. They're not demanding that people not be fired as a result of electric vehicles. And, of course, the union Democrat thug in charge of this union, he welcomes Biden with open arms, and he doesn't want anything to do with Trump. So Trump's going to go visit a non-union location. So who's the bigger populist? Who's the bigger union guy? That's not how you attract voters, including public and private sector voters. That's not how you attract them. I don't know why Republicans blow off Reagan. We haven't won a popular vote by the percentages that he won since and never will in the future. The Democrats don't give up an FDR who was a racist and a bigot and all the rest of it. And you're Republican. Oh, you're, you're one of those Republicans, an old time Republican, you know, one of those guys. They must be confusing Reagan, who wanted nothing to do with the Republican establishment, who rejected Kissinger's foreign policy, who wanted to build up the military, who wanted to defeat the Soviet Union. He didn't want detente. They must be confusing Reagan with Bush. They must be confusing Reagan with the Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party. So Cassidy Hutchison in her fantastic new book, number one on Amazon, it's so important. She says that she never dated Matt Gates. Matt Gates said, yes, I did date her. So now we have a conundrum. Rachel Maddow is very excited about this. Orgasmic about it, you might say. There are all over MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. Did they date or didn't they date? She describes in detail how Matt Gates chased her down. Stood in a doorway, as I understand it. Basically saying... I paraphrase, going my way, and she says he was a friend, just a friend. And then she says, I have better taste in men than Matt Gates. I would think Matt Gates had a better taste in women than Cassidy Hutchison, wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? And then she says, Mark Meadows was busy burning stuff, maybe evidence. In a fireplace at the White House. And the smoke got on his clothing. So Mrs. Meadows insisted that they take his clothes to a dry cleaner so it wouldn't have the odor of smoke. These are the great things in the book, I'm just telling you. My God. Then they have legal analysts on CNN and the others. My God, that would be obstruction. Holy man. I'm thinking, whoa. Then she accuses Rudy Rudolph Giuliani of effectively molesting her. On January 6th, I think it was. That January 6th, I'll tell you what.
And Rudy says, that's just BS. And she saved it for a book. Did she go to the police? No. Secret Service? No. The committee? No. No. Didn't go anywhere. Just in the book. It's very believable. Don't you think? And of course, the constipated news work, network and MSLSD are all over it. And who could deny Cassidy Hutchison's integrity? Her truthfulness. Even though time and again, it seemed during her testimony on little things in large, she got things wrong. Oh yes, that's my signature on that note. Then the lawyer comes forward. No, it's not. It's mine. Oh, sorry. Oops. She talks about what happened with the Secret Service and President Trump basically put his hands around the neck of the Secret Service driver. Never happened. How do you get that one wrong? How do you get that one wrong? But the question remains, the big question in her book that's called Enough. Enough. Very strange photograph. of. See, again, I don't write books about me. But Cassidy Hutchison did. What else is she going to write books about? I thought to myself, is this book in the fiction or a non-fiction section, Mr. Producer? Apparently it's in the fiction. I mean, excuse me, non-fiction section. And it has skyrocketed on Amazon. After a heavy week in a promotion. Quoted all over the place. Oh my God, it's quoted. Now I have to give Left some credit here. She doesn't have to work hard to promote her book. I guarantee she got invitation after invitation after invitation. Please come on the show. Please, please. And then... Suddenly, the week before, quotes came from her book. They were all over the news. All over the place. Quotes from the book Enough. Cassidy Hutchinson. Oh, my God. My God. Just unbelievable newsworthiness. All over the place. It's amazing. It still is. Now, I ask any conservative author if they get media like that. No. None. They're not called by conservative media. Maybe a little bit, but not a lot. But surely the left-wing media, the so-called news media, the so-called objective nonpartisan media, want nothing to do with them. Zero. Nothing. I'll be right back. Mark in. Now, you know what company is looking out for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. 
that also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Here's President Trump's statement. The widespread radical attack against me, my family, and my supporters has now devolved to new un-American depths. As the hands of a deranged New York State judge doing the bidding of a completely biased and corrupt prosecutor, Letitia James, who ran for office on a Get Trump platform before even knowing anything about me. Today's action is a refutation of my status as the leading candidate for president of the United States, including with a substantial lead over Joe Biden. It is a terrible reminder that the radical left Democrats will stop at nothing in trying to prevent me and the American people from winning the 2024 presidential election. Regardless of party, we cannot let this happen in the United States of America. As my lead in the polls over Joe Biden continues skyrocketing, these corrupt, (coughs) excuse me, and highly political prosecutors and judges are getting more and more desperate and dangerous. We are rapidly becoming a communist country, and my civil rights have been taken away from me. The New York State Attorney General went before a highly politicized Democrat judge who refused allowing the case to go to the commercial division where it belonged to simply rule, despite all the evidence to the contrary, that I committed fraud, which is both ridiculous and untrue. As an example, this Democrat operative valued Mar-a-Lago, the most spectacular and valuable property in Palm Beach, Florida, to be worth as low as $18 million? Now that is outrageous. When in actuality, it could be worth almost 100 times that amount. He hated everything about me. I'm <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to pull it back up here. There it is. At a level that I've never seen before, even beyond the hatred of that displayed by Letitia James, there was no trial, no jury for the supposed wrongdoing of fully paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full, with interest, with no defaults, and with no victims. These banks were represented by the largest, most sophisticated law firms in the country. This is a Democrat political lawfare and a witch hunt at a level never seen before. It is an attempt to badly injure the the opposing parties leading by far presidential uh, presidential candidate. Nothing like this has ever happened in our country before. My civil rights have been violated and some appellate court, whether federal or state, must reverse this horrible un-American decision if you can do this to me, well, they can do this to you. This is sickening. It's actually incomprehensible. The judge sounds like an absolute imbecile. But it is sickening. I mean, how hard is it to get a conviction in this city when, you, when you're going up against Donald Trump? You get a favorite judge, you have a radical hack prosecutor. He says, no trial, no jury. I'll make the decision based on the papers. That's what summary judgment is. 
And based on my reading of the papers, what she said and what you said in response, and what she said in response to you and you in response to her, I find you to be $18 million for Mar a Largo? If I could cobble together $18 million, I couldn't buy Mar a Largo for $18 million, Mr. Producer. I'll be back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. This stuff about Trump and so many other Americans. What's taking place in this country. Despite the fact that we have a constitution. The U.S. Constitution is the most remarkable governing document ever written. Creates a functioning federal government, but protects both state and individual liberties at the same time. It uniquely divides the federal government into three co-equal branches with its own responsibilities and whose members are chosen in fundamentally different ways. It is further designed to protect the people from at least two forms of tyranny, mobocracy and monarchy, dictatorship. It is a document that takes into consideration the extraordinarily diverse nature of America from its more densely populated areas to its rural communities. From its commercial centers to farming areas, from its fisheries to its mining towns, from people of deep faith to people of no faith. From the highly educated to the barely literate, from the rich to the poor, and yes, from white to black and every other skin color. It is a self-correcting document, allowing for amendments to address imperfections and unforeseen events. Should a significant portion of the body politic and public demand them. The Constitution is truly an incredible manifestation of thousands of years of human experience and progress, yet drafted in a period of less than five months. But if your purpose is to fundamentally transform America, then your purpose must also be to destroy the Constitutional Republic. When you have these Democrat judges many of whom are radicals, including this judge in New York. They may not be in the streets like Antifa or Black Lives Matter. They may not be in Congress proposing the most radical legislation possible to destroy this republic. But they can, wearing black robes behind a table, in a courtroom, do even more damage to the country. Woodrow Wilson knew this, a racist, a bigot, a man who despised the Declaration, the framers of the Constitution, and despised the Constitution. The history and all these other things just got in the way of the more perfect society. And they saw that more perfect society manifest itself in the Russian Revolution. They were captivated by it. 
That's correct. John Dewey had more influence on public education even today than anybody else. He visited, well, Stalin's Russia. He was a guest of Stalin's. He visited their schools. And he fell in love with them. He was impressed, and he wrote a piece about it in the New Republic in 1928, almost 100 years ago. And he spoke glowingly of their educational system, that it is a unified system, so that everybody knows what the communal is about, how they want to advance the communal, that every aspect of liberal arts education, by that I don't mean ideology, liberal arts education, you know, math, science, literature, history, and so forth, was inculcated with a message of advancing the country through the party. You might remember Thomas Friedman about a decade and a half ago, more than once, wrote a couple of columns of the, the New York Times celebrating the communist Chinese system of government. At least they get things done, he said. It's not all this squabbling, you know, that you have in a republic or a democracy. The mindset was not that much different than what was seen in Stalin's Russia and eventually by the so-called progressives of the progressive era. And so they've always known that you need to control two things. Wilson wrote about it, but he wasn't the only one. The press and the classroom. That is education and public communication. You must control them. You cannot tolerate debate. There needs to be conformity. Cannot allow individuals or even a small group of individuals to challenge the orthodoxy because they're making it that much more difficult, if not impossible, to advance the cause. You see all that happening in this country today. Even Lenin. Lenin talked about this, and Stalin actually wrote about it, or somebody wrote about it for him, that the language, the thought processes, the belief systems, the values must be those of the party, and hence the state. And anything and everything is legitimate if its purpose is to advance the cause of the party and the state, and you see that in the Democrat Party today. And Wilson wrote extensively that really the way to get around these constitutional barriers, the way to get around the framers of the Constitution, who were very parochial, he would argue, in order to create this new, more advanced, more perfect country, run almost scientifically with experts, is from the judiciary where the people don't have the say. Where lifetime appointed federal judges or even elected state judges, for a period of time anyway, can impose their views on a compliant population. And he said that is how you foment the change you need. In other words, a judicial oligarchy, 
that's basically revolutionary bomb throwers and, and activists dressed up as judges, having the final say. That's what's going on against Donald Trump in New York. Judge says, no, no jury trial. No, I'm not sending it to the commercial division. I'm holding on to this one. And then he rules under summary judgment that Trump has committed all these (coughs) offenses, all these frauds, excuse me, in what is a relatively incoherent opinion, but goes right down the line with Letitia James, who is a horrendous, horrendous hack and radical who should have lost her bar license when she announced that she was running in order to go after Donald Trump. But it's New York. So tyranny of four and by the Democrats is perfectly fine. Donald Trump is facing this tyranny. And so are more and more Americans who don't fit the the narrative or the demands of the state party, the monopoly party, the Democrat Party, and the compliant state media, the Democrat Party media, give this kind of tyranny and totalitarianism support and voice. And these corporatists that own these platforms, they watch who the hosts are, who the guests are, what the messaging is. And this is the unelected, the unelected parts of our government. Federal judges, the media, of course. And then in certain states, they are elected the judges, but they're elected primarily from one party in the cities. And they are there to promote the most radical agenda they possibly can. And Americans know this intuitively. They see it. That's why they get angry. And the same media that participates in this and celebrates it and gives it voice, we don't understand. Well, I understand, and so do you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, a gentleman I've come to really like and respect didn't always work out that way, but who cares? It does now. Is Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly works very hard. Um, he has a wonderful radio program. Uh, he works on these books that are always excellent and superb. He's got a brand new one out today called Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. I've been to Salem, Massachusetts when I was a little kid. The whole story is frightening. And here's my man, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, how are you, brother? You know, I'm the same, which is a tragedy for everyone, uh, Mark. (laughs) You know, you'd like to see some improvement as you get older, but not with me. Um, Thanks for reading the book. I appreciate it. Um, It got off to a great start. And now with the Levin audience uh, dialed in, it'll... Do, uh, it'll do better, I think. The story today that ties directly into Killing the Witches, and I think your audience will be very interested to hear this, is the uh, New York judge who uh, denied Donald Trump summary judgment 
on this um, civil suit lodged by the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, saying that Trump overvalued his properties and has to pay a fine for doing it. This is a witch hunt. And part of killing the witches, in the beginning of the book, I tell you what the horrible situation was in Salem in 1692, and people are not going to believe how bad this was, 20 human beings executed for nothing. But we have, a, as you know, and you talk about on the air a lot, a contemporary witch hunt. And I'm not Trump's lawyer. That's not what I'm cut out to do here. But in this case, there is no victim Donald Trump borrowed money from banks off his real estate holdings. He told the bank how much he believed the holdings were worth. The bank took that and lent him the money, which Trump paid back in full. There was never a complaint lodged against Donald Trump in New York for his real estate activities. Not one. Yet the attorney general, a Trump hater lodges this to get him. That's a witch hunt. Mm -hmm. And it's not only happening to President Trump, it's happening to you, it's happening to me. Every day we have to deal with the people trying to take us off the map, trying to destroy our careers and families. And there doesn't seem to be any mechanism in America to stop it. So killing the witches, you have to understand the hysteria back in 1692, but it's the same hysteria today. It's just in politics, not in religion. And another more recent example, Bill O'Reilly, is what CNN tried to do to you the other day. Remind the American people what that was. Unbelievable. So on Friday... After Rupert Murdoch resigned his chairmanship of Fox News, CNN went on the air with a montage of sound from the Fox News channel. The goal was to portray the entire operation as racist. In the montage that CNN broadcast in prime time was me, your humble correspondent, for eight seconds saying that slaves were well-fed and had decent housing. That's it. That was the entire statement they used from me from 2016. You know that, what that was taken from? My defense of Michelle Obama, who gave a speech saying that slaves largely built the White House, which is historically true. And I told my audience on the factor that what Mrs. Obama said is accurate, and that the slaves that built the White House were well-fed and housed because they had to work so hard. Mm -hmm. So CNN took it eight seconds to try to demonize me as a racist, telling their audience I was justifying slavery. So my attorneys have written them a letter, a demand letter for an apology, we heard back from their attorneys. But this is not unusual. That's not unusual. Because they get away with it time after time after time. Mm -hmm. And that's why this book is so important. Because you lay out the history 
and really it connects to modern days. You're exactly right. Look at what they've done to the parents. Look at what they're doing to Catholics. Look at what, and then they deny it. They do it and deny it. And you know, Bill O'Reilly, <clears throat> you don't have to be a lawyer for Trump. When you look at this, they have brought every conceivable action against this man at every level of government. Am I supposed to believe that's just a coincidence? What do you think? No, of course not. They know, they being the progressive left, all this stuff comes out of the progressive left, uh, <clears throat> right? The real militant arm of the Democratic Party. They hate Trump. They want to destroy Trump because they fear Trump. Trump is an avenger. If he wins re-election, he will win because Americans now say we've got to get rid of this progressive stuff and the only guy that's going to do it is Trump. So this is turned away from policy into personal because it's so dangerous what is going on. The media enables all of this. So if the media were fair and saying, hold it, there's hysteria in the cancel culture, you're, you're ruining people's lives on accusations, which they are, Okay, and you got to stop it. We're a country with due process. Mm -hmm. So in Salem, Massachusetts, there was no due process. Young girls, 10, 11, 12, could point at an adult and say, that person came to me with Satan and tried to make me a witch. And two weeks later, there'd be a rope around the adult's neck. I mean, that's what we, we you know, people don't know this. It's funny because Salem, Massachusetts has made millions and millions of dollars billing itself as Witch City. If you go up there, it's 25 miles north of Boston. All right, your big sign, welcome to Salem, Witch City. And then they're the, you know, they have a pedestrian mall with witch shops and witches reading your palm or whatever witches do. Okay, now it's harmless, but they're making the money off the backs of these 20 people who are executed in the most hysterical fashion. And here's the kicker that correlates right to today. If you stood up in Salem in, in 1692 and said, this is bull, as a lot of people knew it was, they'd accuse you of being a witch. You'd have a rope around your neck. And if you go against the progressive media today, the New York Times and Washington Post, like I did, they're going to get you. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Bill, I want to hold you over the break, and my big question for you is this. 50, 100, 150, 200 years from now, what will they be saying about this period in American history relative to these witch hunts? The book is Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. Fantastic book. Get it at Amazon.com, any wholesale, wholesale, any bookstore. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with Bill O'Reilly. His great new book is Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. It's beautifully written the way he writes it as he gives the history of this and then, of course, projects it out to what's going on now. Bill O'Reilly, two questions. First of all, how do you think uh, they'll be writing about America in 100 years? Uh, you know, we could go either way here. I think there will be a backlash against the progressives who are trying to uh, destroy the country. Your new book deals with that. Um, and I think most Americans don't want this destruction. I'm praying that I'm right. Um, if the backlash comes, then it will be a blip. Um, but if the progressives were to increase their power... Um, then history it's would over. say this, this is a turning point here. Mm-hmm. When we went from a free society to a government-controlled society. And, um, you know, it's frightening to contemplate if you really step back, take the emotion out of it, and look at what kind of a country that the progressives want. So there was a high school teacher right near you in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. And she was accused of a sexual impropriety with a student. And she was arrested. The cops went to her house, brought her to jail, charged her based upon only the student's affidavit. And I write about this in Killing the Witches. She was, her whole life, in the blink of an eye, she didn't even know why the police were coming to her house, was ruined. Fired from her job, no due process. And then, two weeks later, the cops dropped the charges because there was no evidence at all. She sued and won $5 million in less than an hour. The jury returned with the verdict. Mm -hmm. But she told us that, yes, she has the money, she has some security, but her whole life was ruined by this witch hunt. So then I ask you, Mark Levin, what is the difference between that poor young teacher in Northern Virginia and the people in Salem, Massachusetts. They're dead. She's not. But their lives are ruined. And people look at me and they go, oh, no, it can't be that bad. It is that bad. 100%. It is that bad. And uh, and the problem is, <clears throat> well, I'm hopeful, but I'm not as hopeful as you necessarily. Because I well, don't I'm think coming that, from a history yeah. point of view. Yeah. But you may be right because there's a different factor involved now. And that's the mass media. So up until, and I'm going to break a little news on the Mark Levin show. Is that okay? Absolutely. 
So tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, up against the Republican debate, Tucker Carlson's dropping an hour interview with me. Really? Never happened before. I've known him, but we've never had this. We have one-hour conversation. You go to BillOReilly.com, we've got a link to it. You just punch a button, boom, you'll be able to see it. It's really extraordinary. I taped it last night with Carlson. Oh. I'm very pleased that he did it. But we get into the media big time, and he loved killing the witches. He's coming at it from a little bit different point of view. Uh, he was very interested in the de- demonic possession stuff we have in the book. But anyway, um, the, the one factor that was not in play in this country was a corporate media that enables the progressive left to destroy tradition. Mm-hmm. That's new. And there doesn't seem to be much pushback against it. Fox News does, but not as much as it did. So I think you will be very interested, because you know us both, to hear that hour conversation, which, again, is tomorrow night at 9 o'clock drops, and then people can see it at their leisure. So to watch that instead of Chris Christie? You know, I think you can do both. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to do both, trust me. <laughs> Not a Christie fan. This is a great book, America, seriously. Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts, which was horrendous the way these people died. Didn't they burn some at the stake, too, Bill? Only in Europe. Another fascinating thing. So there were thousands of witches burned in Europe, Joan of Arc being the most famous. But in England, the king outlawed the burning of witches because he said it was a religious thing. And after Henry VIII wiped out religion in England, then they deemed witchcraft to be sedition against the crown. But in Scotland, we opened the book with this horrendous burning of this witch up in Scotland. That's how the book opens. But England hanged the witches. And then when the Puritans came to Massachusetts and we put you on the Mayflower, you know, Levin, you would not have liked those accommodations. No, I don't think so. No, it was. You know, First of all, I get pil- very nauseous on both, Bill. So there's that. <laughs> we go pilgrims. Yeah. Thanksgiving passes stuffing. Where do you see what happened on that Mayflower? Uh, so, and, and then they get here, and it gets worse. And those are the origins of our country. But anyway, um, the crown didn't burn witches, but all the European countries did. But mm-hmm. because England controlled the New World, they hanged them. The book is a great book. Killing the Witches, The Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a very comprehensive book, very easy to read. And, uh, and you're on WABC after my program, right? Yeah, that's, and we really appreciate the lead. Number one, I appreciate you having me on to talk about Killing the Witches. But people might not know if they don't live in the New York area that WABC is a powerhouse now. It is the uh, most successful talk radio station in the Northeast. And Levin leads into O'Reilly. And I'm taking a little bit of credit, and I'm sure you are too, for the fantastic ratings on WABC. Well, you know, I have to duke it out with the Mets and the Yankees, which is a pain in the ass, but we do the best yeah, but we this can. Year, yeah. <laughs> this year, we were Yeah, relief. they're pretty bad. We were relief from the Mets and That's the Yankees. That's true, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, Bill, I want to thank you. This is uh, another fantastic book. You can get it at Amazon.com, any book store, probably any one of the warehouse stores, Killing the Witches, the Horror Salem, Massachusetts. Take care of yourself, my friend. All right, Mark. Thanks for having me, and I really appreciate it. You bet. Always writes very interesting and compelling books. There's another one. Let's take some calls while we're here. Let us go to Jeff Dundolph, Maryland. Never heard of Dundolph, Maryland on the Mark Levin app. Is there a Dundolph, Maryland? Jeff? Yes, there's a Dundolph, Maryland just outside of Baltimore City. Yeah, but everything's just outside of Baltimore City. That's the tail that wags the dog. But anyway, Jeff, <laughs> how are you, my friend? Uh, well, I, I am great. God bless you, sir. Thank I am you. humbled and honored to be speaking with you. Just want to let you know that I'm on my second go-around of the Democrat Party Hates America on audiobook. Um, Thank you. I bought a copy. I bought a I bought a copy for my pastor because he, he shares a lot of the stuff that you talk about in the book. Yeah. And, well, uh, thank you. I know that my father, I know my father is smiling from heaven. I lost him 10 years ago, but he, he listened to you every day. Oh, And man. Bill O'Reilly at night. Yeah. So, I mean, to talk to you tonight, it just touches my heart. Well, Jeff, that's very, very kind of you, and we're going to send you a signed copy of uh, The Democrat Party Hates America. So don't hang up, and I want to thank you and and posthumously your father. Um, you know, it, it really touches your heart when you hear people come up to me and say, or people call and they say, my father, my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother, they used to listen to your show religiously. They've passed away. I'm going to tell you something. That <clears throat> That is very, it, it's emotional for me. So I want to thank you, folks. Let's keep going. Let's see here. Gary, trucker, uh, in Indiana, I think, XM Satellite. How are you, Gary? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. I'm in Frankfurt, Indiana. Um, looking forward to talking to Mark. You got Mark right here. How are you? Hey, Mark. Oh, man, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I've been trying to get um, a word in edgewise. I, I listen to you every day. Thank you. And uh, just like that last gentleman there, um, man, you, you, you become a friend of mine. I look forward to you at 5 o'clock Central Time every day. <laughs> you know what? I, I really appreciate that, and I feel with this audience, I do have a bond and vice versa. Everything I do is for the audience. Everything I write is for the audience. It's not for me. I don't write books about me. I try and, you know, I just know there's, there's tens of millions of us who do love this country, our family, our history, and that I feel you need a voice, and I can vent. And I don't mean just vent. But I mean, give us the evidence, give us the facts, give us the information to make our case. Because people listen to this show all over the country, all over the world. You'd be stunned. I'm stunned. The, the number of people who listen, the variety and diversity of backgrounds and geography and what people do and other people, 
You know, it's it's an amazing thing. So, of course, I have some people who disagree. And that's okay. As long as we're on the same sheet of music with respect to the end game, which is there are enemies, there are evil people, there are evil institutions, and this now and then, we got to play team football against these people. And so that's my view and why I spend all these weekends and nights and early mornings writing these books. I don't do it for my health. I don't do it for my ego. I do it to try and get the word out to you folks so you can get the word out to other people. And I want to thank you, Gary. Do not hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of The Democrat Party Hates America as well. And I'm very thankful for truckers like you out there. God bless you, my friend. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is from The Daily Caller. Adam Schiff earmarked millions to defense contractor donors. See, he won't be charged like Menendez. There's crimes and then there's crimes. There's graft and then there's graft. There's grift and then there's grift. Democrat Representative Adam Schiff, California, who's running for the Senate in 2024, doled out $10 million through earmarks to defense contractors that donated to his campaigns, according to a report published Monday by Politico. Schiff, who's running against fellow Democratic representatives Katie Porter and Barbara Lee, earmarked over $10 million of taxpayer money to five companies to develop military technologies between 2001 and 7. These companies were found to have donated tens of thousands of dollars to his campaign, according to a review of earmarked records by Politico. <coughs> Excuse me. We're always concerned about the pay-to-play aspects, wrote Steve Ellis, runs the group Taxpayers of Common Sense, of Schiff's earmarks. If you're getting a campaign contribution, getting your earmark from that same company or for a client of that lobbyist, it has that perception. Well, what is the real difference between this lobby using our taxpayer dollars to line the pockets of certain contractors and in return get campaign donations that benefit him. And Robert Menendez, who just lines his own pockets. I mean, seriously, what is the real difference here? The largest donor earmarks by shift totaling $6 million went to Smith's Detection, which was developing chemical weapon sensors for the military, while another $3 million went to FaseBridge, Inc., which was developing a naval radar system. Both of these groups retained a lobbyist who around the same time donated $8,500 to Schiff's campaign committee. He was later convicted, the lobbyist, on federal charges of illegal campaign contributions and served 27 months in prison, Politico reported. This guy Schiff hangs around all kinds of sleazy people, doesn't he? I mean, all these Democrats seem to. And he goes on about him earmarking a million dollars for Eureka Aerospace and the contributions that they made to his campaign, 34000 I believe it was. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, and the freedom fighters all over the world. Do me a personal favor. Go to Amazon.com if you've bought the book and give it a rating. And if you haven't bought it, grab a copy now. See you tomorrow.